Till on Jersey in the stands, I'ma hit yeah, you on a slide. I don't never sleep. It's fluent and chill. That's the flip. Anthony K, I'm fluent. He's chill. What's going on, Jay? How you doing? In the house, yo. We in the house, Tom. <sighs> I noticed no, I noticed, I noticed no coffee this morning. What's going on, Tom? Can you can be honest with you? I, I finished it. I was, I was, it was early this morning. I was up early this morning. I have uh, my daughter sick. Oh, up all night with a fever. So I've been. So if I, you see me like starting to drift a little bit, just you know. Tom, wake it up, yo. Tom, holla at me. I'll I'll, I'll bounce back up again. I want to jump in. We're listen. We got mail drop. We got some sports. We got some life in mail drop today. And I mean, like serious life question uh, today. Nil. We're gonna talk about that. Listen, when it came out, I did I did an episode of the Coach in AK with mm-hmm. Hugh Jackson, and we talked about the positives of the NIL because I think you and I both agree college players should get paid. Um, we also talked about the negative. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, some of that negative is starting to come up, so we're gonna talk about that. Mm-hmm. We are at the elite. Are we at the elite eight? Yeah, we're at the yes, we elite are. eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, for our all-time greatest franchise. We're going to go through all of them, all eight teams, so all four matchups. Mm-hmm. We're going to get you into the final four today, so no East-West, no breaking it up. We're going to do all all four matchups. Um, and But first, let's kick it off with, man, have you ever seen a playoff, an NBA playoff, that was this – I don't know what's going to – like, I feel like I know what's going to happen, but there's injuries now. There's players looking hobbled. There's guys that are out. There's just – I don't know. It's just – I love it. It's yeah. – like, there's no clear cut. Like, you and I both said, hey, I'm going to start – oh, the Bucs. Oh, but Chris Middleton's out. Oh, the Sixers look good. Uh, Embiid is out. Uh, is it going to be the Heat? Heat's probably the only consistent one. Tyler Hero looks like a stud. The Suns, for a minute, we were like, uh-oh. Booker's hurt. Chris Paul hobbled off halfway through a game. All the Mavericks look really good. Like it's just every team has had something to deal with, which I love. So we're going to dive into those matchups make and make our predictions. But first, but first, we should probably say, um, I, I don't know if we want to do a moment of silence, right? What do, what do we want to do for, for the Raptors, for the Bulls? Oh, for the, here we go. For the, uh, Can, Cancun, that's what we're doing for them. The, Cancun, the Hawks, you, the you, Jazz, you got your plane tickets. Got your plane tickets. <laughs> you your plane tickets. <laughs> you already got the room set up for you. There you go. Take All it light. Vision. Yes, sir. Take it light, but take it. <laughs> Absolutely. Tell those teams that are out of the playoffs, are out of the playoffs specifically because they weren't good enough. You know, as, as much as I was hyping the Jazz and, and – I think that they had the talent. I kind of got sucked in by what they weren't doing, by what they were doing and what they weren't doing. And I look at that jazz team and the way it's constructed, they're not constructed to win. And well, this series might have ended that jazz team, no? I absolutely believe that. No, we cannot bring this unit back now, whether Quinn Snyder goes, whether Donovan Mitchell goes, whether Rudy Gobert goes, something has to change with this unit because they're going backwards. Let's make sure that we're clear on that. This is not a unit that they're close. No. They gave up a 3-1 lead in the bubble. Last season, they had the best record in the league, and they lose in the conference semifinals to a hobbled Clipper team who they should have beaten. And I personally think that Quinn Snyder got out coached in that series. And then this year, they lose 
to Dallas, who let, let's make, let's make sure we clear, Tone. You and I have had this conversation. Like the four-five matchup is very much like the seven-ten or the eight-nine matchup in the NCAA tournament. I, I, that that that's a push. Any one of those teams can win that. But with that being said, they lose. So now they're going backwards. So whatever it is that we're doing, it's not working. So because it's and, not and working, Rudy, and Rudy Gobert now comes out and says, "Hey, you know, one of us. I don't know that where he thinks he gets he has that much pull. Either him or Donovan Mitchell." Clearly, that relationship, we thought it soured right before the bubble. It's over. It's over, right? It's we over. thought, oh, maybe they made up. No, they didn't. They're, those no. two. And it's it's a shame because no, with no disrespect to Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. they're no Shaq and Kobe. No, they're not. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, those two could have had an argument of being who's the best in the league. At one point, right. they were like one, two in the league. So for them mm-hmm. to say, I want to be the alpha. No, I want to be the alpha. This won't work. Right. I don't agree with it. I didn't like it. Of course, I'm a Laker fan, so I hate that they, they mm-hmm. that happened. But I, I also understand it, right? But when I see a guy, and I'm going to bring up, like, Tracy McGrady, mm-hmm. saying, I can't coexist with, with my cousin, Vince Carter, because I want to be the dog. When I mm-hmm. see Rudy Gobert, again, no offense, saying, well, I can... Dude, you guys need each other. Stop with this. Uh, you're not that good. Uh, a lot more than say, you think. When I say you're not that good, listen, everybody in the NBA is good. My point is, you're not that good that you know, can Rudy Gobert by himself lead a team deep into the playoffs? No. Can Donovan Mitchell by himself lead a team deep into the playoffs? No. Can so, you even get there, Tom? How about let's, hey, let's take it a step further listen, than please. that? Don't, don't you ain't gotta be diplomatic, Tom. That's not what we do around here. <laughs> let, 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 let's let let's keep keep going, Tom. Don't stop. Keep going. I, I'm not gonna stop you, but let's just say the playoffs, can you just lead a team to the playoffs? Forget going deep into the playoffs, but keep going, Tom. Absolutely, yeah. don't can stop you, there. Let, let, me, let me ask you this. We, I, I've been very critical of the Dallas Mavericks roster. Mm-hmm. Now, Brunson's looking kind of nice. You know, other pieces are looking nice. Although, ooh, that, that fall, Keebler or Kebler, what's his name, Kebler mm-hmm. took? Did you see that where he tried to dunk and his hand slipped and he folded up in half? That was scary. But my point is, if you put Donovan Mitchell on the Mavs, are they in the playoffs? Replace him with Luka. Replace take, him no. Replace no. Luca with so that's my point is again no disrespect to Mitchell, you're not you're not that guy, take, pal. <laughs> take it a step further than that, Tom. Take take Donovan Mitchell off Utah and replace them with Luca. I think they're the favorites in the West. And yeah, they're yeah. at least they're at least in the Western Conference Championship. I'm not gonna say the favorites in the West. I take that back. No, but no, they're but at least in the Western Gobert, Conference. You give Luca yes. Gobert, I feel a lot better about it. 100 percent. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so goodbye to those guys. Let me say. As a final shot to my the hats crooked um, to the Toronto Raptors this season, I want to say something. Not about the series, not about not about the look. That team's not ready. They're young. They need a star. I, all those things. They need they need someone in the middle. They, that team did really well compared to what we predicted them to do at the fifth seed, taking the Sixers to six games. You know, having to play all seventy two games last season uh, on the road in Tampa. But I want to say something about the Raptor fans in particular. And I saw it a little bit in some other teams. But if I may, go to game five. With three minutes left in Philadelphia, what did you see all the Philly fans doing? Oh, they walked out. They're all walking out, right? It was, it was a big – it was a joke. At the end of game six, do you know what happened in Toronto? Everybody stood Everybody stayed. Standing ovation, thanking them for, the, for a great season. And that's – you know, that's what I'm like, man – you know, when you get, I'm not saying like I am gonna say, when you get James Harden being like, man, like that's impressive. 
mm-hmm. like not just the fans, how hard they play, the defense they throw. Because Harden isn't the type of guy that typically throws out praise mm-hmm. <laughs> to fans no, and other teams. No, he's not. But that shows you, like, it really impressed me that they, you know, especially, man, it was a 30-point blowout. Like, it was that's an smoke. embarrassing game. They stood, you know, I that's what that's fandom to me. I really appreciated that. I like that. I didn't know some of the city's fans are harsher than others, but I really didn't like that. So I wanted to point that out. All right. And you said that, and I said this to you in the past, Tone, and I didn't understand it. Why? Because I got a lot of Toronto people throughout my time on social media on me, and I was trying to make sense of what's this Toronto nonsense about? And then you started to put it in my ear. Jay, you know that it's almost 30 million people that live in Toronto, right? I'm thinking to myself. Well, Canada, Canada. Canada. That, I'm sorry, Canada. Canada. Not, yeah. not in Canada. It's, and and I, think it, I think 10 million of those 30 people live in Toronto, some nonsense like that. So that's like New York. That's like New York City. Just here's the thing. So I think it's I think we're up to like 38 million. So it's it is Canada's team for the most part, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's guys like older guys like me who grew up watching basketball who have other favorite teams, but I still root for Toronto because hey, now they're my hometown. But you got 38 million people in Canada. You've got I want to say like eight million in the greater Toronto area, which puts them fourth, fourth in North America. So it's Mexico City, LA, New York, or New York, LA, Toronto. Toronto. Like what? So when people say small market too, I laugh hysterically. It's Toronto, not a small. small it's market. not a small market. And then, and then the other piece that people forget is, look, it's a hockey country. Let's. It's still. It's still that. It's still a hockey country. But Vince, that Vince Carter effect. I keep. I've said this before. Like, go watch that movie. I think it was mm-hmm. LeBron and Jay Z put the movie together called the, the Carter Effect that talks about mm-hmm. when he comes to Toronto and what happens. Like the interest in in basketball as a whole canada's also a country built on immigration toronto the most multicultural city in the world i'll say it again in the world well listen i know i i grew i we couldn't afford i can afford hockey equipment i didn't grow up like it's it's expensive but i could afford a basketball i can go shoot you're right you go shoot and so that's the thing too when you have a lot of immigration there's not a lot of wealth hockey's expensive well what do i have oh Hey, you know, I can go play basketball anywhere, anytime. And so Carter not only brought in that, like the country, but just think Kevin Durant. I use him as the example. Kevin Durant's a kid growing up in Washington. Who's his favorite team? DC area. The Uh, Raptors. Who's his favorite player? Vince Carter. So he, he didn't make it just about, like he really built it. So yes, there's a bunch of fans and they've become super passionate. The title mm-hmm. a couple of years ago sure helped too. When your team, you know, if you look at, um, I believe it's since 2015, the Raptors have the second best winning percentage next to the Warriors. Yeah. And if it wasn't for last season, where they were again on the road, I think they had the most wins in the NBA for like a four or five year stretch, even more than the Warriors regular season. Mind you, it didn't translate to the playoffs, but there's a good franchise. That's always competitive. That's always good. So I, I, I went on too long, but I did want to shout them out a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's get to this series now. Let's get, let's get to where do you want to start? I want to start in the East. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the Sixers and the heat. Cause we were talking about it last night as we were watching the game when it was close. And we said this, the, the Heat have to take care of business with Embiid out. They have yes, to be up 2 0. Do you see a scenario where the Sixers, even if Embiid is healthy, the Sixers win this series? Tell or me, maybe you're picking the Sixers. I don't even know. Sorry, I just I'm not I'm, I'm I'm not picking the Sixers. And the reason why I'm not picking the Sixers is simply because of one guy and one guy only, and that's James Harden. 
and the reason why I'm picking and the reason why I'm saying James Harden is simply because if you watch him tone, he just doesn't look like the guy that he used to be. And we get wrapped up in what guys used to be. And we want to see that all the time. James Harden is slowing down. Not only is James Harden slowing down, he's slowing them down. And they play so much through him. Now, remember, Tom, when you take 30 and 11 off the roster, right, that's our entire offense. Our offense is built around this guy. So when you take this guy out of our lineup, we have to completely reconstruct our offense. That means that Maxie's got to do more. That means that Tobias Harris has got to do more. That means that Danny Green has got to do more. I mean, they started DeAndre Jordan. I forgot DeAndre Jordan was still in the league, right? So they got to have these guys on the floor, and they got to do more. Now, Tobias Harris, I expect Tobias Harris to do what he did yesterday, right? Because now oh, there's more shots for him, and there's more opportunity for him to create more shots for him. And, to, and Tobias Harris is a solid, to be honest with you, number three on a contender. I, be, I, I absolutely believe that he's a solid number three on a contender. What we're asking James Harden to do, I think it's asking too much from him because he is not that guy anymore. We expect, yo, we want to see that 40 piece. We want to see that 30 piece. We want to see James Harden averaging as many points as he averages. James Harden, his game is predicated on getting to the strike. Tone, in the eight years that he played in Houston, in the playoffs alone, he averaged 11 free throws a game. His game is predicated on contact and getting to the strike. Well, the difference now is, is that the whistle doesn't blow as much as it used to. And he's got to play through that contact. And I think that that's taken a toll on him physically. Add that to the fact that James Harden is not one of those guys who always shows up in the camp in tip-top shape. In fact, he plays himself into, into shape during the season, and then he breaks down. And he's done that almost his entire career. I can't get with, the, I can't get with Philadelphia beating this Miami Heat team. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami made quick work of them. Now, don't get me wrong, Tom. Miami wasn't great yesterday. I mean, we're talking about a team that started shot 5 for 22 on the long ball. Right, five for twenty-two on the long ball, but I thought that they did a great job in forcing Philadelphia into things that they didn't want to do. And James Harden was James Harden was the catalyst of that. He was trying to speed the game up, but he couldn't, and because Miami wouldn't allow him to speed the game up. I just thought they did a really good job on him and on them in particular, and on them as a whole. I mean, I, I think we're, I think we're seeing the beginning of the end of James Harden. Yes, we are, and that's and that's a shame because I, you know, yeah, I, I told you I like I like great players, and for the Sixers to have a chance, especially these games where a beat is out, mm-hmm. Maxi would have to play out of his mind among others, and and he did not. Now a lot of that is Miami's defense. Mm-hmm. Tyler, you you know you got a guy like Tyler Hero coming off the bench, dropping twenty five and seven. Good it God. makes it really really hard for you. Like he's just mm-hmm. he's so confident right now. Mm-hmm. that I don't see how the Sixers combat that. They're just, they're too deep. They're too strong, right? They're doing it. They're doing this without Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, yeah, I, I, I see a five-game series. It wouldn't surprise me, Tony, if, if they if they made quick work of the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, Joel Embiid came out and said before the series started, just give me a chance, guys, if you can keep the series close when I come back then we'll have a better opportunity well big fella I don't know if you're going to have that opportunity especially when when Philadelphia you get 71 points from your starters that's all you're getting from them that means that you're not getting much from your starting from your starters add that to the fact that your bench excuse me your bench with 
George Niang is a guy who comes in. He's an energy guy. He's a long ball shooter, Tom. And you know this as well as I do. When you're a specialist, if you don't do what you specialize in, there's no reason to have you on the floor. Why are you here? So when so when George Niang comes in the game and he goes 0 for 7 on all his shots, which are threes, there's no reason for you to be on the floor because you don't rebound. You don't play defense. There's nothing. Why, why are you out here? Yeah, you're, the, you're there to make shots. Exactly. Right. And it's interesting. People, you know, I keep telling people this. We've become a long ball league, right? Yes, 35 man. threes a game. And just to put it into perspective, on a- look, I'm talking averages. Some do more, mm-hmm. some do less. On average, there's 88 field goals attempted per game. 35 of those, so almost half, almost half, are threes. What does that mean when you're missing? Well, with long shots come long rebounds. With long rebounds come fast breaks, fast breaks, game easy up. buckets, easy buckets. You're done, right? Because now you go. If a guy goes zero for seven, that's a that's seven opportunities for a long rebound and a fast break and a dunk, which changes momentum. Easy buckets. You know, you can go on runs. There's so many bad things that happen as well. From as much good comes from shooting the three, if you're missing them, a lot bad comes from it too. Mm-hmm. The other the other series in the East, we got the Bucks and the Celtics, and. We, it's funny. I don't know who said it, if it was you who said it or someone who said it was one of the things that the Celtics were able to do to Kevin Durant was body him because, you know, he's not a physical player. He's a, he's a finesse player, right? A very skilled finesse player. That's how Giannis plays. And I was concerned. I said, well, without your second best player, right? Chris Middleton, I don't know if it's arguable, Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday, who's the second best player. Maybe it's Holiday. But without one of your top guys, I was worried about what would happen. Man. Giannis just said, I got this. And he didn't shoot well in, in his triple-double, but he just kind of said, no problem. I'm going to body them up. So let's start there. Is Are the Celtics, I don't say done, it's one game, but do the Celtics have the ability to combat what the Bucs do? Or are the Bucs, is this just the next step in the Bucs going to the Eastern Conference Final, which I think we both had them pegged going to? Well, you and I had this conversation before the season even started that I, I had the Milwaukee Bucks winning the NBA championship again. And I said this back in October, but when I look at this Milwaukee Buck team tone, when they lost Chris Middleton, I was really nervous because I was thinking, I don't know if they can beat Boston considering how Boston played and just mopped the floor with Brooklyn. I'm thinking mm-hmm. that's 20 a game out of the lineup that now you don't have who's going to make up for that. Well, most people who watched the Milwaukee game against Boston, what they saw was box score. That was it. You know, Giannis shot nine for 25. What they completely left out was the 12 rebounds that he had, the the 13 rebounds that he had, and the 12 assists and the two blocks, and how much that impacted them. So we'll we'll start with the 13 rebounds. Three of them were offensive rebounds. That's six possible second chance points, maximum of nine that he's given them, right? So then you add in. The, the 12 assists where Giannis has become so much smarter. Giannis has become, his IQ has improved so much because now I got Jason Tatum on me. I got Al Hoffman on me and I got three guys that are covering me. So when I see Bobby Portis and I can pop it to him in the, on the wing or in the corner, because I know that that's his spot as opposed to uh, Connaughton, where I know in the left wing, that's his spot. And these guys are wide open and he makes their life so much he, – he makes their life so less difficult, right? Add that to the fact that he beats them up. They try to rough him up. We told him, you a football guy. <laughs> That's like telling Adrian Peterson, we're going to smash my football. Yeah. Okay. 
Thank you. Are you serious? <laughs> I don't don't play with me. Do not do not do not threaten me with a good time. I promise you that right now. And that's exactly what they're trying to do with Giannis. We're going to rough you up. Okay, so we we're probably going to have to take that out of our game plan because that's not going to work with him. No way. Absolutely not. I thought that they got some really great minutes out of Connaughton. I thought they got some really great minutes from Grayson Allen. Bobby Portis was huge. I already thought Tone that Drew Holiday without play. Marcus Smart, because I think he's a better player anyway. I thought that the difference in this series was Jalen Brown, that Grayson Allen can't play you to a tie. He can't. That 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 cannot happen. Yeah, and the reason Brown, why that Brown definitely has to play better. Absolutely. Absolutely uh, he does, Tom. Do you think I, do you think that the Celtics can go Giannis into shooting more? Like, do you think there's some kind of janky zone where they like two guys on him laid off but like almost goading him into shooting because that's i think that's the only way you you have a chance because if you let him drive to the bucket if you let him which i think we got to review this by the way you throw it off the backboard to himself like you can't let him do that stuff now maybe you just can't stop him from doing that stuff either but it just like i feel like you're feeding into what he does well anyways well you can appreciate this being a laker fan's home you saw Kobe Bryant in 2001. That wasn't the same Kobe Bryant in 1998 when I got swept in the Western Conference Finals. That's a different Bryant, right? Yeah. And not only is it a different Bryant, what you're not going to do is you're not going to make me do something. I'm going to do what I want to do. So if you decide that you're going to make me shoot the mid-range, well, Giannis's mid-range has no, become better. more. Giannis's mid-range has now become respectable where you have to deal with me. So add that into, well, I'll just have to shoot this because I will drive to the basket. And remember, we just got finished talking to him about you wanting to rough me up. No, I'm going to bring the fight to you. And that you don't want. You don't want me to bring the fight to you. So you no, kinda, I'd, much, I'd, much rather, I'd much rather him shooting, what, 42% from the mid-range, 30 from three, than 70-plus <laughs> percent. Oh, my God. <laughs> Zero to three feet, right? Like, <laughs> oh if I'm going to pick my poison, if he beats yeah. me from the outside, then I, I can live Absolutely. with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I Absolutely. hate being on, on his posters. Well, no, you don't want to. You don't want to be on his posters. But Giannis has become so much more of a complete player yeah. that I, I told I put him. I'm starting to put him in that. And this may sound this this. I want to make sure that I get this right. I'm putting Giannis in the same category. I'm, I'm, he's getting close to being in the same category with guys like Shaq, Olajuwon, Jordan. What I mean when I say that is we're getting to a point where we're going to have to eat his production. There's really yeah. nothing that we can do to stop him. Now, am I putting him in, him in the same class as a scorer as those guys? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm putting him in that in that in that category where we're just gonna have to eat what he does because we really can't do anything to stop him. We can't really do anything to slow him down. So the idea is gonna have to be we gotta get the rest of these guys and slow them down because we can't have him going and them going too. We got no shot. Yeah, you can't. You can't. If, if he's going to do what he does, you can't have uh, Holiday going for 25, Portis no. going for 15. Like, it's, got- it's, it's, too, it's too much. It's too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even Allen's 11. Grayson Allen's 11. Right. So, okay, we're going to jump to the West. Mm-hmm. And I made a bold prediction early on that the Grizzlies were going to make the Western Conference final. Now, back then, I didn't know they were going to have to run into this Warriors team that looks like the old Warriors team. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they were going to have Curry and Curry Light <laughs> and, and a version of Clay. And but, I, you know, I, I'm not one for uh, moral victories. But you lose by one point to the Warriors in a game that they 
pretty much controlled the entire game. Yes, they did. And you, you missed a layup at the end that could have won it. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty good. Like, as good as I can about a loss. You never feel good about a loss, but, like, mm-hmm. you, as, as good as you could feel about a loss, right? You feel pretty good. Well, can they make this positives. a longer series? Because people are just like, I've already heard that, you know, people bringing out the brooms. And I'm like, nah, man. Is this, do you think this could be a long series? I do not think this can be a long series. I don't think they're going to sweep them, Tone. I, I will tell you that. I don't think that they're going to sweep them, but I do think that they make quick work of Memphis. I think this could be – I'd be surprised if this went to six games. I think this could be a five-game series. And the reason why is because I look at the difference and what they did with Minnesota as opposed to what they're doing with Golden State. Well, prime example, Tone, your twins – they're absolutely fantastic. They know what they could get away with with you. That they can't get away with mom. They know that they could. They know what they could do with you that they can't do with mom. So, this this Memphis team, the stuff that they got away with with Minnesota, they can't get away with that with the Golden State Warriors. Absolutely not. And I'm I'm pretty sure that I'm preaching to the choir when I say it's a lot different having to deal with Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell as opposed to Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. So when I'm having to deal with those two guys. Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, they're going to be much, they're going to be much smarter. They're going to be more headier. What they're going to do is they're going to run you guys off screens and they're going to make Desmond Bain and they're going to make Dylan Brooks guard for long periods of time. Now, what that's going to do, Tone, is that's going to empty those guys, which would explain why they did what they did offensively. I think Dylan Brooks and 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 Desmond Bain went six for 23 for the game offensively because they're too busy trying to deal with Steph and Clay. So that takes that completely takes away from their offense and what they're trying to do. Can I get Jaron Jackson to go for 33 again? I doubt that very seriously. I'm not saying that he's not going to be a really good player, but am I going to get him to go for no, 33? No, but you're getting you got yeah, you got what 67 points from him and Morant. Right. <laughs> now, I don't know if I don't know if I'm going to get that again. Right. I, and I think that this Golden State Warrior team, one of the keys that they did, Tone, was they Steph in particular. He made clear to Jordan Poole, hey, listen, my man, and Tone, you've heard this before as a player. Don't worry about me. I want you to play your game. I'm going to get involved. Don't worry about me. You just rock. Do whatever it is that you do. I mean, that vote of confidence, that gives Jordan Poole such a vote of confidence that he now can go after those guys. And I thought that Steve Kerr did a great job in mat- matching athleticism with that team as well. I did. I With, with Gary Payton Jr., <clears throat> Gary Payton II, with – Kaminga. If Wiseman was there, Tone, I think that they would sweep them dudes. I don't think that oh, it would God. be a series. If, if they had Wiseman healthy, I think this would be a sweep because he would deal with Jaron Jackson both on the perimeter and they have a rim protector now. So I, I think that this series could be quick work. I'd be surprised if this thing went to six. So we've got Sixers and Heat in like five. We got Bucks and Celtics. It, you're, we're both picking the Bucks. In, I'm picking the Bucks in six. In six, mm-hmm. you got Warriors in five. I got I, yeah, yeah. I must listen. I'm not going to jump off my like I said my Grizzlies. I, I picked them, so I'm not going to change my pick. I'm going to stick with mm-hmm. the Grizzlies. But man, I really wish that layup had. Like I said, I wish John Morant would have. I say this stopped and popped that 12 footer and just ended the yeah. game. He could make that shot mm-hmm. versus you know I'm not saying a crazy left hander because again I bring this up. You know, he hit one earlier in the game. Very similar looking shot. But I'm just, you know, I feel like that's a, I say this to my son. My son started playing basketball, right? Mm-hmm. And he he's small because he's eight. And so he he drives to the hoop, right? He's got pretty good handle, better than his old mm-hmm. man. You know, drives to the hoop. He gets by his man. 
and he kind of goes in for the layup and he's like on this angle. I keep telling me, look like you're Superman flying in and, and throwing it. <laughs> and it's hard. I go, if you were to just take that one stop dribble, stop and pop. Cause you, for his age, you know, you're a solid shooter and boom. So he start and I go shoot up. Don't shoot out. That's what I want to see from job because it, what happens? It's more controlled. He's, mm-hmm. he also is athletic enough. He can jump over people and, and have that shot. It's like, I'm not worried about job yeah. getting blocked. Um, when you know if he's driving on clay clay's gonna keep going if you stop Mm -hmm. and now you have that's so anyways i'm getting too much into the stuff of it i'm gonna i'm gonna try to coach them up because i picked them to win. all right the 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 last series um so we're both on the sixers we're both on the bucks we're split Mm -hmm. on suns and maverick and uh and the grizzlies but that's because i'm trying to stick to my old pick the suns man the suns suns and mavericks they win by seven but that wasn't a seven-point game. Do not let that score of the don't, game. Yeah, don't, 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 let, don't that, let that fool you. No. I not for one second thought that the Mavericks had a shot in this game. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I saw there's a, an ugly fall. I saw what I said about the Mavericks roster. I saw a team that just was not nowhere near the same level mm-hmm. as the Suns. I'm also seeing Luca hobbling again. Mm-hmm. Right, it had some issues with his with his. They're trying to stretch him out. I think late, early in the fourth, maybe it was mm-hmm. late mid, middle of the fourth quarter. If he's not 100%, even if he is 100%, I think this is sweet. I'm not going to go sweet, Tom, but I do think that they made quick work at Dallas, too. I, I think that this series could go five. If it went if six. Lucas I, steals one. If Lucas steals yeah, one. Yeah, sure. I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if it went six, but I think that they can make quick work of these dudes simply because I look at a team in the Phoenix Suns who are the most complete team in the game. They don't have that one dominant guy like Milwaukee has, but they are the most complete team in the game, especially with Chris Paul at the helm. And the key to them, which I love even more out of everything that they do, Tom, because we're talking about a team, I think they got 90, 90, 91 points when they started yesterday. We're talking about a team that once they get eight and going early, I love that. Because what he does is he energizes that entire unit, Tone. Now he's rebounding more. Now he's running more. Now he's rim protecting more. And that opens up their offense because now you can't leave Aiton down. You can't leave Maxi down there with Aiton one-on-one. He's going to eat that dude lunch. Absolutely that's not going to work. No, you can't do that. So when they get him involved early, they went to him early and often. I think he went four for six to start the game. When he's doing that, that opens up so much more of their offense. And I thought that their game plan against Dallas was simple. Luca, you can go for 50. The rest of you dudes aren't going to do it. And well, I look and, at and I was going to bring that up. He almost did, right? 45, right. 12, and we'll, 8. <laughs> we'll, eat, we'll eat your production. Absolutely. We'll eat. What, what, what we're going to do is we're going to throw bodies at you. We're going to switch. We're going to be physical with you as much as possible. I mean, Luca went to the free throw line. He had 14 free throws last night. And we're going to do that. But the rest of you guys aren't going to do it. So I look at a guy like Brunson who's dealing with Mike Conley in round one, who he's basically beating up on him and being physical with him. You're not going to be able to do that with Chris Paul. Chris Paul is going to direct him in different ways. Chris Paul is going to get him off balance, make him shoot shots that he doesn't want to shoot. Brunson wants to go downhill. Chris Paul is staying on him in drop coverage to make him shoot the long ball, but he's still going to go at Chris Paul, and Chris Paul's not trying to hear that. I thought that they did a really good job in handling him. Tone, you and I just had this conversation about uh, George Yang from Philadelphia. Reggie Bullock is a specialist. My job is to shoot the long ball. Now, when you miss five out of seven long balls, what are you doing out here? 
Your job is to shoot the basketball. And if you're not, and, and I thought that they, I thought that I thought Phoenix did a great job in in defending against the long ball because that's a huge part. <clears throat> excuse me, that's a huge part of what they do. So when I look at Dallas, I think that they're Luca and everybody else. And I think Phoenix handles them in five, maybe six games. Okay. I, yeah, I'll, I'll meet you in the middle. Uh, you know, I said four, you're five or six. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say five. Mm-hmm. I, just, I, I think Phoenix is on that path. They want to get back to the final. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny. I said there's a lot of question marks. And then as we broke down each matchup, I'm like, you know what? I feel like there's probably at least three, maybe even four of, of these matches that are clear-cut winners. I think it's right. going to be a little bit more. I think it'd be tougher to pick our uh, our clear-cut winners in our final four. So just to recap again, we're both on the Bucks. We're both on we're both on the Heat. We're both on the Suns, and we're split with uh, Phoenix and Memphis. So now Golden State, Golden State and Memphis, sure. Golden State and Memphis, yeah. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to go to this is our all-time greatest franchise. I promised I would do this. So I think uh, when we get down to the championship round, what I'll do is I'll go through all the teams who we had and kind of mm-hmm. post it and show the whole bracket. But right now we're going to start. Where do you want to start? Let's start in the East. I want to start in the East. So just so people are clear, in case this is their first time watching, we started with all 30 teams, their mm-hmm. greatest starting five and one sub of all time as they were when they played for that team. We tried not to duplicate players. We tried to stay away from active players as well. And, and uh, our friend Dominic kind of put these teams together. We've made a few subs as we've yeah. gone through it. Uh, and we've kind of come down and we're now down to the elite eight. So the mm-hmm. teams that are left are the Sixers, the Nets. That's the, the first matchup. The Bucks yeah. and the Celtics. Uh, the Lakers and the Suns and the Warriors and the Rockets. So those are the eight teams. Mm. So let's start with Sixers, uh, Sixers and Nets. And what I'll do is I'll recap uh, who who the lineups are, and then we'll we'll see who gets it. So on the Sixers, we have Maurice Cheeks, mm-hmm. Dr. J, Charles Barkley, Dolph Shays, Moses Malone, Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. The Nets. Jason Kidd, Kerry Kittle, Keith Van Horn, Buck Williams, Brooke Lopez, and your guy, Richard Jefferson. Oh, man. I think Philly handles those dudes in six games. I think that in terms of talent, I don't think that, that it's matched. And I think that the Nets are going to give them a run because they got a lot of dirty work, guys. I'm a huge Buck Williams fan. That's to be honest with you, if you when you watch the Miami Heat, that's Bam out of bio, except a better athlete. That's who Buck Williams is. Buck Williams, an yeah. athletic Buck Williams. That's that's that, 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 that's, that's, that's who. He, that's that, that's actually who he is. And I dig dirty work guys, but the dirty work is not enough. And the reason why I say the dirty work is not enough is because at some point when you get to this level, I can only X and O you, and you can only play hard for a certain amount of time until y'all got to turn this guy loose. And Philly's got more guys t- to get turned loose and not, and, and the Nets don't have enough guys to stop that. And I think that Philly handles them in, I think, six games. The Nets, listen, the Nets had a favorable matchup in the first round, which are in the first couple of rounds, they, 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 they had the Heat and then the Wizards. <laughs> no disrespect to the Heat or the Wizards, but, you know, they're not the Sixers. 
right? When you look at all time franchises. And I just look at the lineup and I'm like, I really like Jason Kidd. You know, I've said this before. I really liked Kerry Kittles too. Um, I think we're with uh, UConn or Villanova. One of those two. Villanova, Villanova, right? I loved Kerry Kittles back then. Um, Running the point, you know, Jason Kidd led a team that probably shouldn't have been into the NBA finals, led them back to back to the finals. I got a lot of respect for Jason Kidd. Got a lot of respect for Jason. They had 29 wins the year before Jason Kidd got there. Same group. He takes them to the NBA Finals. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Same group. But <laughs> I just look at uh, – I'm not even – I'm not disrespecting Cheeks, but I look at Dr. J, Barkley, and Moses Malone, and Allen Iverson. And I'm like, those four guys are all in your top 20 of all time. How many of the Nets are on your top 20 of all time? Now, I will tell you this, Tony. You're going you, you're gonna to roast me for this, but – just so you know, the I think the Nets beat the Sixers the year after they won the NBA championship. However, Doc was washed. It wasn't this team. It wasn't right. This team. Mo- Moses was over. Mo- Mo- Moses was Moses wasn't over, but Barkley was, was a he was older. Yeah, yeah. Barkley was a rook. So this is a different. This is a completely very different. Diff- they're very different team. We're talking yeah. all time. So right. I've got four guys in the top twenty versus. Is Jason Kidd in your top twenty? Jason Kidd is not in my top 20. So against none, <laughs> right? So just from a talent perspective, and you know I'm not you know super team guy, but you have four guys that are that good versus one guy that's even not in your top. I don't, I don't see how the Nets last this. So I've, I've obviously I've got the Sixers. You got a lot of teams, Tony. We could just beat you just because we just better than you in terms of talent. There, yeah. that, 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 that happens. Yeah, it happens. This could be one of those situations. All right, so let's the second matchup is – I'm shaking my head because oh. you've got the the Celtics who had a buy in week one because they have tied for the most championships. And that's, as a reminder, it's Bob Cousy, mm-hmm. um, John Havlicek, Larry Bird, mm-hmm. Kevin McHale, Bill Russell, and we subbed out Paul Pierce for Sam Jones. Yep. Okay. Solid Celtics team. They're going up against the Bucks, which the more I look at this Bucks team, the more I think they might be the best team in this tournament. That's really good. Sidney Moncrief, Ray Allen, Oscar Robertson, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and then oh, big dog Glenn Robinson coming off the bench to give us some buckets. I'm not ready to hand this over to Boston Town. This is a good ass team. This is a, this is seven. This game, this yeah. series, this goes this is, seven, right? This absolutely goes seven. Now, the reason why I'm thinking that it goes seven is simply because Jabbar is going to be an immovable force. As good as Bill Russell was defensively, Russ, you think you had trouble with Chamberlain? Jabbar is going to be even worse. Okay, that's number one. But think of, if you go on the flip side to that with the Celtics. Bird was just so good that he's the guy in the huddle telling them, well, we can't get buckets. Just give me the ball. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. on. I'm going to use maybe this year, the last couple. You don't think Giannis, his athleticism and his length is going to give Bird fits? He is going to give Bird fits. But you know who else had athleticism and length? Plenty of guys. Dennis Rodman, uh, Michael Cooper. All of these guys had athleticism. And did did they give Bird fits? No. Because Bird wasn't always the best athlete, right? We Fair. all knew that Bird was never the best athlete. Meanwhile, he's 27, 29, 
35 in the playoffs. Now, is Giannis going is he, is he going to give Giannis hell on the offensive end? Absolutely he will. Bird is going to have a very difficult time trying to deal with him. Bird was a really good team defender. Bird was, a, Bird was a good individual defender, but he was a really good team defender. So you're talking about a Milwaukee Bucks team that offensively, they might be the best offensive team. You can make the argument they're the best offensive team in this tournament. Tone, I think that man. Before I'm, you I'm, before you give your pick, before you give your pick, I just want to point this out, right? Like as we talked about defensively, Giannis giving bird fits. Mm-hmm. I want to point out one thing. I love Giannis, but he's really nice. Like he's a nice guy. Not on the court. Like he's got a mean streak on the court, but he's a nice guy. What would happen when when you might see Larry Bird pull a <laughs> Like, you know how you said, Dr. J, you can never see him, never see him swinging. And then Giannis might lose his, he might just punch him in the Bird, face. Bird's going to get the yap attack. Bird will start yapping to him. And Bird and Bird's yapping is completely different than anybody else's. Oh, yeah. he, will, he will tell Giannis, like, see that corner right there? That's where I'm going. And I'm going to crack this right in your face. And you ain't going to do a damn thing about it. What? You hear a lot of, a lot of, you know, people give a lot of uh, trash talk, you know, compliments to Jordan and to Kevin, Kevin Garnett. Bird was nasty. Bird, I told, I said it to you a thousand times. Doctor J was the class of the NBA. I can't imagine what Bird said to him to make Doc punch him in the face. What did he say to you? I so want, I'm looking. I still at, want to know. I still want. I would know. love I guarantee, to know. I guarantee it was worth. It was worse than Lala tastes like Cheerios. It, I guarantee had to it was be. worse than that. It had to be. So I'm looking at Giannis and I'm thinking Bird might say something wild like, you know, this ain't Greece. <laughs> go back to Greece or something like that. So, oh man, but I tell you what, Tom. But hold on. Cuz I do I draw cuz I want to say one more thing cuz I know you want to make your pick and I want I'm giving you more time to reconsider. When I look at the Bucks, you mentioned the offense. Unless they have three or four Bill Russells, right? You have to defend Kareem and Giannis and listen, with all due respect to Kevin McHale and Larry Bird, they're not keeping up with Giannis on a break. <laughs> Or Oscar Robinson. Or Oscar. Yeah, I didn't even get that far. It's like I was working my way down. So, man. I think Milwaukee beats them in seven. I think Milwaukee beats them. I do. I can't believe I said it. Yeah. I think they beat them in seven. As smart as Bill Russell is. And I am. Unless he can get, unless he can multiply himself, unless we take two or three Russells, because this is a hypothetical. he He did not have to deal with this amount of offense when he was playing against the Lakers, even when they had Chamberlain and Elgin Baylor, well, actually, the, but Jerry Webb. He did, but the thing is, like, Chamberlain in the regular season, like, got his numbers. In the playoffs, he still got his numbers, but not to the – it was a lot harder. But yeah. can you imagine him having to face Chamberlain who could just skyhook it over him all day long? No. Because that's the one thing that Kareem – like, look, Kareem's not the athlete of Will Chamberlain, but – and he's not going to let Bill Russell off the hook, neither. Like, no, he's Chamberlain, gonna defend him. Yeah. Chamberlain was actually a really nice guy. As good as Chamberlain was, he was a nice guy. He could have dist- – I can't believe I'm saying nice guy when he averaged 30 and 30 against Russell. But he could have he could have done more. He could have actually done more against him. Oh, but- and don't say he's a nice guy when someone in an elevator asked him, how's the weather up there? And he spit on his head and said it's raining. So let's not yeah. say he's a nice guy. Um, but, yeah, so we got the Bucks. Okay, wow. This Bucks team, the more I look at this Bucks team, because I'm just looking at the matchups too. I'm like, okay, Moncrief is probably given Kuzi all he can handle defensively. Who's stopping Ray Allen? 
right? And these guys would be like, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to download some information because they're gonna see Ray Allen shooting threes and be like, what the hell? And then oh, we better, we better, we better cover him. But this is the Ray Allen that would drive and dunk it on you too, right? With hair. No, we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about Jesus Shuttleworth here. We're not talking about Ray Allen. That's the dude. And then Oscar just bam, addition scoring. Like he does everything. I just the rebound. Robertson, Antetokounmpo, and Jabbar. That's like 50 rebounds a game. (laughs) I just this team, I don't know. All right. To the West. Bucks might be my all time. I might, I might have just picked my favorite. All right, here we go. We got the West. We got the Lakers. And the Suns. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the Suns. We got Steve Nash. Did we switch out? I feel like we switched out Kevin Johnson. Did did we do that for Westfall? Yeah, for Westfall we did. Oh no, no, we took out Marion. We put Sean yeah, Marion. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We we took Marion out and we put Westfall in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we started Westfall at the two guard, and we have KJ coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. So we got so let's Steve Nash, Westfall, Walter Davis. Alvin Adam, uh, Alvin Adams, excuse me, Amari Stoudemire, and and Kevin Johnson. Mm-hmm. It's nice. That's a nice team. It's it a nice, they're going to run the ball. The problem is they're facing the Lakers. Whew, we got Magic. I over. I've always said this: when you can say a player just by one name and everybody knows who you're talking about, you know you're in trouble. You got Magic, Kobe, Baylor, the older Kareem, Shaq, and your best. I think they smoked them, Tone. I don't think that they beat them. I think they smoked them in five games tops. I don't think that – because because what they're going to do is Steve Nash wants to speed the game up. Do you think you – you, you so you want to play like – once again, Tone, we just talked about it. Adrian Peterson, we're going to smash mouth football you. Really? Absolutely. Let's do that. So Steve Nash and these guys, they want to play fast with this Laker team. They're going to blow you guys. Because what you guys are in Phoenix with the eight-second offense, we're that times two. With Kurt Rambis, when he was on the Lakers, getting the ball in bounds, that's all Magic wanted to do was run. That was it. Run you out to gym. No question about that. I Could think you imagine smoked. if if Magic had Shaq in his Laker years to to throw those lobs to? On a fast break, man. Oof. Showtime would be oof. No, and this, well, no, again, no disrespect to Kareem, but Shaq's a better athlete than Kareem. It's... Uh, Crazy. It's what it was. It's what it was in Orlando. It would have been that. It would have been yeah. Penny. It would have been Penny. Penny yeah. and Shaq yeah. would have been Magic, and it would have been two point where Magic would have just been telling. He would have been telling Shaq, just, and Shaq run. So, <laughs> and Shaq has so much more respect for Magic that he would have done whatever Magic told him to do. Oh yeah, 100%. if Magic told him just run, I'm looking for you. He would have ran, no doubt about it. We would, and I guarantee we just saw the most efficient Kobe you've ever seen. Oh, we uh, we're involving you in the office. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, yeah. No, get you'll, you'll get. Don't worry. Don't Although you worry it is, about it is that. interesting because I always, I, I always think back to uh, Kobe is on the Olympic team, yeah. and and he's asked, and he told Mike Shashevsky, he's like, hey, sorry, Coach Shashevsky told Kobe, work on your spot up three, and he goes, spot up three. I've never had a spot up three. He goes, on this team, you're gonna have opportunities. Just stand there, catch the ball, and shoot. Mm-hmm. And in the first couple of games, he was missing everything. I was like, what's going on? Like, Kobe, you're a good shooter. He's like, I've never been just open to, to shoot before. Like, and, wide open. And in typical Kobe fashion, right, he goes and shoots like 10,000 threes and becomes right. a good spot-up three-point shooter because when you're on a dream team, they can't double you and triple you all the time and you're not doing crazy shots. So that's the Kobe that I'm going to see is the guy who's just like, this is great, boom, 
shoot a three, take a dunk, yeah. get a loop. Like, oof, this, oh, yeah, that's that's yeah. No, sorry to the Suns. I love you guys, but um, Lakers, Lakers in five. I think they smoked the dudes. Nice. Yeah. All right. The last matchup, we've got the Warriors versus the Rockets. Here's your Rockets lineup. James Harden, mm-hmm. Tracy McGrady, Rudy T, Ralph Sampson, Hakeem, the dream, Olajuwon, mm-hmm. and Kevin Murphy. I know it's not Charlie. But it's you, wouldn't be related, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be related to Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. <laughs> um, against the Warriors. Paul Arzun, Steph Curry, Rick Barry, who would be shooting underarm uh, underhanded free throws, by the way. Over uh, Rick, for my career, thank you very much. <laughs> Rick Barry, Nate Thurman, Wilt Chamberlain, Chris Mullen. Well, this game is going to come down to styles, Tom. Because when I look at this Houston team, I look at what worked the first time. James Harden, being the distributor that he is, getting Olajuwon involved in the game. Ralph Sampson running the floor, getting him involved in the game. James Harden getting Tracy McGrady involved in the game. Now, the question is, is when we get into the meat and potatoes of the game, how disciplined Harden can, because he's the key to all of this, because he's the primary ball handler. Like, Calvin Murphy's going to come in and be buckets. That's all Calvin Murphy is, and we we appreciate that, no doubt about that. The question is, is how disciplined is James Harden going to be? Because now, when we get late into the game, we can't just leave Chamberlain. We can't just leave... uh, Adults. We can't just leave these Thurman. We can't leave Nate Thurman on Lajuan one on one. We can't do that. We, can't, we so now what's going to happen is James Harden's going to get a lot more open shots. Is he going to be able to knock those down? Tracy McGrady. We've seen what Tracy McGrady looks like in the playoffs, and I worry about that. And I worry about that a lot with that guy because as good as he is in the regular season, he's awesome. In the, he's good in the playoffs, but when we get later on in the playoffs, very much like James Harden, he kind of withers. He kind of withers. So. I think Olajuwon is enough to get them past. I, I think Olajuwon could be enough, but I'm not betting against. I'm, I can't. I, I can't bet against the Warriors because Chamberlain is just too much. Chamberlain and Thurman, I think that they're too much in that front court. I, I was going to say, uh, when I look at the front court of Samson Olajuwon versus Wilt and Thurman, I don't mm-hmm. want to say it's a wash. I'm not saying it's a wash, but I think they, they they're going to they're going to get in terms of production. It's gonna be close. I think it's closer than 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 I care to admit. And then I look and I think, okay, but let me look at Paul, Steph, and Rick versus James, Tracy, and Rudy. Uh-huh. And I got a no offense, I got a really weak link in Rudy T. I got a weak link there because uh, uh-huh. I think even Murphy and Mullen, they both they're both gonna come in and they're they're gonna score right. So I I almost think like almost everything is a wash except for Rudy T. And I think that's the difference where they edge them out. But I think this is a seven-game series. I do too. I think it's really good. It's a great series, but I get the Warriors just uh. – The Warriors in a dogfight, absolutely. Because I, yeah. I, I, I think that Rick Barry is going to get Steph Curry more involved in the game. As, as, as much of a scorer as Rick Barry is, he's going to see how good Steph Curry is as a shooter and how much he opens up the offense for him. And I think he's going to do everything he can to get Steph Curry – in the office, and you know how I feel about Elijah Wanton. Oh, you know I love him. No, I, I no, I, I hear you. Now, but, I, I, that would be a great. I'm going to love watching that matchup with Wilton and, and Hakeem battling it in the post. Right. But I think you're right. Rick Barry is a fundamentalist. 
Yes. And he he loves the fundamentals of basketball. He's like, hey, here's mm-hmm. a great shooter. We're going to put him in spots. He's going to get the yep. open shots. We're going to find ways to get him the ball. And don't forget, Paul Arzen is a great – he's a scorer too, right? So they've got a lot of offense um, on we, that we, team. We, we, got, we got to get toned down. Tone, it's Paul Arzen. Arizon. I thought it was Arzen. Arzen, Tone. Arzen. Arizon, not you know what? I, I don't do correct me one more time. I'm not picking the Rockets, so we don't have to say his name anymore. Um, I wanted to call him Par Arzine, but I saw no, somewhere where it said it was showing you how to say it, and it says Arzon, Arzon, Arzon. It was like, anyways, whatever. Him. Uh, I'm I'm horrible at names. You know that there was a guy that used to work for me, and I was like, I need to give you a nickname. And he's like, why? And I said, like, because I'll be honest, I can't pronounce your name. So I was like, your name's Harry. And he's like, all right, that's fine. Um, and listen, no one can pronounce my last name. I think I've told you guys the story. Have I not told you the story before? I used to do like, um, I was on like a public speaking circuit. Like we'd go around from city to city, flying all over the US and Canada and, and do speaking engagements. And there was a gentleman down in, I'll say Alabama, Mississippi. I think it was Alabama. And he's like, how do you say your name? And I told him, here's my last name. Here's how you say it, right? Because it's, it's long. And I said, it's like, here's how you say it. And he goes, okay, I got it. And we practice it and practice it. And he's like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, Tony K. And I'm like, <laughs> we just went through my last name like how many times? Anyways, all right. So here's what we got in our final four. The Sixers against the Bucks, The Lakers against the Warriors. That's next time. I'll flow in and chill. But now we're going to move. We're going to shift to college sports. Because when the... NIL, which is the name image likeness deal kind of came through. A lot of us cheered and said, Hey, it's about time. Players should be able to make money. You know, like I remember back, I want to say it was the eighties, eighties specifically, maybe the nineties where like there were players who didn't have enough money. They'd gone through their, you know, their, uh, their, whatever their meal plan or was. And like, they'd get in trouble and spend it for games for accepting pizzas from one of their coaches. And like the kids had nothing to eat. So I bought them pizzas and it's like, that was a big deal. Meanwhile, you know, there's other guys with their parents driving Cadillacs and you know, the NCAA does nothing about it. And I always said, listen, these guys sacrifice themselves and, and everyone was like, Oh, you get a scholarship and that's payment enough. And I'm like, no, it might've been enough, you know, when the rules were made in 1920, but now a scholarship isn't enough because it's a billion dollar industry where coaches are getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars the TV deals for these schools are getting paid hundreds of millions of billions of dollars. And these guys are getting, they're getting, okay, they're getting an education, a hundred thousand bucks. That's not like they can't even sign an autograph. Right. And so that, that I disagreed with. So NIL comes out and we talked about the good, right? I think they deserve to get paid, all that kind of stuff. We talked about it. We also talked about the bad. So, and the bad being, well, now you're putting money in these guys' pockets. For one, I thought, hey, it's pretty good because those borderline guys that are, they want to go to the NBA. We've seen a lot of kids come out early and go nowhere and just ruins their career. Mm-hmm. Well, now they might think twice about staying because, hey, I'm getting paid. I'm making a million bucks. I'm making $100,000, whatever it is. I might stay an extra year. However, there's situations like this that will arise. What were we, what was the NCAA trying to stop with all those rules? It was to stop like the boosters specifically from paying athletes to come to their school. But now what, what are we seeing? You can do that now. You can do that now. It's legal. Yeah. So who's the guy you were, you were talking about someone who just transferred to, to Miami. 
Ty, uh, how do you say his last name? Um, Najee. I think that's his name, Tony. Let me make sure that I get his. I don't. I don't want to butcher his name. I want to make sure that I get his name correct. Oh, you could his just last, be like me, say everybody's name wrong. <laughs> his last. His last name is Nigel Pack. Is his name, and he's uh, he's going to join the Miami Hurricanes. And the idea was, he was transferring from Kansas State to uh, to Miami, and I think it was like eight hundred thousand dollars for two years. Eight hundred thousand dollars, a car, and a. Uh, and a deal with a with a company called Life Wallet, and uh, apparently, you know what was going on at Kansas State wasn't enough, so he ends up transferring right. to University of Miami for a better deal. Which, yeah. I mean, Tone, if, if when we think about it, you know, what is the purpose of going to college? Well, the to purpose good, is, to, is to get a good education. If and not only that, this is set me up so I can get a good job in life, right? Well. Ain't that the idea what I'm doing right now so I can set myself up for, for the future? Because what these guys have been doing this whole time, because I played Division One basketball, the whole time we don't recognize that, you know, we're getting jobbed here. We're not recognizing that. Oh, you know, oh no, no. I knew. I knew. I knew right away that this wasn't right. I, I To be honest with you, Tom, I didn't. Because I'm thinking about the fact that I played in the Big West Conference. And in the Big West Conference, we only had two guys in the entire league play in the NBA. So what does that do about the rest of the, the rest of the guys in the league? Well, the rest of the guys, the school is on the hook for taking care of your room, your board, your books, taking right. care of where you, all of that stuff. Don't forget but, your food. Don't forget my yeah, favorite part, the they, meal card. They, right. Take care of the meal card. <laughs> all that that. So with that, all, with that all being said, <laughs> when I look at, when I look at everything that they did, I'm thinking, well, this is actually a pretty good deal only to find out that, wait a minute. No, it's not, you know, this arena that we play in, this place is sold out every night. You know, my senior, my senior year, we have five games on ESPN. They don't put us on TV for free. No, they're getting paid to put us on TV. So why can't I see some more of what I'm seeing? I'm not just getting a good education. I mean, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm actually getting a good education both on and off the court. Understanding the business, understanding how business works, and understanding how later on I can negotiate to market myself so I can make more money. This is the idea of that. So I don't have a problem with what these kids are doing at all. I don't. Going so, to the hot center? So the guy, the, so the, the one who's kind of orchestrating this uh, in Miami is John, Rui, John Ruiz, who's a billionaire. Um right booster for for the Miami Hurricanes and he signed over 100 athletes to NIL deals mm -hmm. so basically what we've done now so let me go back a step so what I had said before this NIL deal came through is like look they should get paid right I think every player should get a like a base salary even even though some stars are bigger than others and what I said was all these NIL deals that they sign I said upon graduation they should be given to them in a trust or into a fund because I, again, I, I know how I was at 18, 19 years old. I would have blown it all in, in a second. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I almost want to do like Allen Iverson, how, you know, his agent took care of him and said, hey, you're going to get this lump sum when you're 50 or whatever that deal was, right? Just to be safe. And, and, and I said, and the way that I, I want it worked was, okay, so everybody gets a base salary. You, you can make money, like, like I said, as you want. And then if you make it to the NBA and and you get a contract, like a huge, like, I mean, first round money, I'm talking like five, you know, 10 million, like you get paid. Then your money that you earned 
goes back to the school for scholarships for other less fortunate kids mm. because you're making your money for those that don't make it into a, a first round like big contract deal then they they get their their payouts whether it's you know split up over time or a lump sum whatever that's so kind of so we basically as a first round pick it's a loan so if i'm if i'm a first round pick the money that i made is going back to the school it's going it's going back to underprivileged students to help them hmm. because i got paid i got like come on do you really need again back again there was no this was before nil had even right. been a thing so i said what are, they're going to give them a hundred thousand dollars what do i if i just got signed for 10 million i don't need a hundred thousand dollars i'm going to give that back to to scholarship a kid who can't afford to go to the school right well, you can put my you can put my name on a scholarship that yeah I, I yeah can, that's that's yeah so so that was my plan then nil comes out and i'm like okay fine they're gonna get paid we're good and i'm okay and i'm okay with with the nil what mm. scares me is so at the you know at houston or sorry uh in Miami as well, there's another player. I think his name, uh, he's a Miami guard. What's his name? Isaiah Wong. Mm-hmm. So I, Isaiah Wong was a big part of their run to the Elite Eight. We're talking basketball. Mm-hmm. And now there's the transfer portal. So basically all these guys are on one, basically one-year deals, mm-hmm. right? It's I'm going to get as much as I can from this NAL deal. And then if I can get offered more, I'm just going to go into the transfer portal and, and go to another school and, and make more money. So he's now trying to renegotiate with Miami and saying, I deserve a raise because I was an integral part. And if you don't do it, well, then I'm going to leave. That makes me nervous. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying it makes me nervous. If a player now is just be like, oh, I had a good season. Oh, give me a new deal or I'm going to another school. Well, if you had a bad season, can they just drop you? Yes, they nothing? can, Tom. Absolutely, they can. And the reason why they can is because, and you know this as well as are I they, do. Are all the NI deals one year? I think, well, not only are they one year, well, not all of them are because this kid, the, the kid I, from... Because uh, I thought there's multi-year deals, right? Not, yeah, not, not all of them are. This kid from, uh, from that's this transfer from Kansas State, his, his deal is a two-year deal. I don't think it's contingent on him just playing at Kansas State. I think it's him. I think it's him transferring to Miami. If he stays at Miami, I think it's a two-year deal. So I think it's contingent on where you play. But with that being said, Tone, don't make it sound like if I have a bad season that this coach can't go. Yo, we going in a different direction, and yeah. you're not welcome to back. Pull your here. scholarship, yeah. Right. So don't make it sound like that. This, that this is just a one-way deal because it is. I'm 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 actually all in agreement with this in terms of leverage because. You can just completely. You have college holdouts now. You have contract holdouts in college. Absolutely, you do. Absolutely, you do, Tone. I don't. I, I can't say that I have a complete problem with that. Simply because when I think about the hold that they have on these kids, I not only have not only do you now have to recruit to get me here, but you got to work to keep me here too. Keep me here. You got to work to keep me here. I'm. I'm. As a fan, mm-hmm. I hate what might happen. As a athlete advocate, I love that they, the power is in the players' hands, sure. but it scares me too. And again, it scares me because, listen, most, most of these guys are 17, 18, 19 years old, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, so I'm only going to speak for myself. My decision-making at that time wasn't great. And now i got an NIL agent who's, let's be honest, in most cases – and there's some good ones, but they're out for themselves. They're right. They're 
they don't always have the player's best interest at heart. You, we know that to be true. It's unfortunate, but it's true. That's not your opinion. That's a fact. So now I got a 17, 18, 19 year old who might be like me, who doesn't make good decisions. And I got someone now advising me who's not necessarily looking out for my best interest. And that makes me nervous. It makes me nervous of what happens next. So I hope the best, but. Well, the thing that I worry about more than anything is exactly what you just got finished talking about. So I remember the thing that I concerned me the most was I remember being 19 years old and I'm seeing guys playing in the NBA. And I'm thinking to myself, when I was 19, there's no way that I, even if I was talented enough mentally at 19 years old, I was not prepared for that. No way was I prepared for that on any level. But now what you're going to do at 19 years old is I'm going to be on campus with a bunch of other 18 and 19 year olds, but you're going to give me the money too. Hmm. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a slippery slope, man. That's, that's yes, all I'm saying. I, yes, and I've is. said this before, before NIL, I'll say it during, after, whatever. financial responsibility, financial planning needs to be a mandatory course. Honestly, not even just for athletes. <laughs> Like in high school, you need to need it. because what we come out of high school, you come in, you come out of college and like, okay, I can regurgitate some Play-Doh, but I don't know how to balance my, you know, my budget. Well, right. I'd rather balance my budget than tell you what Aristotle said. And I don't you know, even know how to open up a checking account. 432 <laughs> BC. Like, I don't care. Right. But I don't know how to open up a checking account. <laughs> All right. Whew. It's, it's only going to get worse from here, by the way, because mail drop, we got, we got some questions here. Mm-hmm. Mail drop. Number one, we're going to go to the NFL. Mm-hmm. First time, first time in 22 years, only one quarterback was selected in the first two rounds. Eight, eight out of the top, I believe it's 18 picks, were wide receivers. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, Hollywood Brown, A.J. Brown, too young, promising, one better than the other, AJ, get moved from teams that need wide receivers. Tennessee needs a wide receiver. Baltimore, we've been screaming that Lamar Jackson needs more weapons, and instead they trade away their best wide receiver. NFL wide receivers on the move. And previously we saw Devontae Adams, Tariq Hill. The question is why? Why are all these wide receivers getting moved? Because they want to get paid, Tone, and these teams ain't paying them. So that's why Tariq Hill got moved. They got Tariq Hill from West Alabama, and they got him on the cheap, very much like what what Golden State had with Steph Curry. They got lucky, and they got him on the cheap. But then they had to pony up. And Kansas City was like, nope, because we already – you know this better than I do, Tone. When that Patrick Mahomes deal kicks in, we got to start making some cuts. Can't pay everybody. I told you. You tell me that, but a time ago, you told me that once this deal kicks in, some of these guys that are on the roster, we're not going to see them be, simply because we got to start making some cuts. Well, the reason why these the reason why these wide receivers are moving on is because they're moving on to get paid. And we're talking about a league where, I mean, Tony, they're slinging it. Let's let's call it what it is. They are slinging it, and wide receivers are in high demand. But the problem is, problem is that these teams don't want to pay these wide receivers. And, and the teams that don't want to pay these wide receivers, the other teams are like, well, we'll pay them. We'll pay them. Yeah. We'll pay them. You saw what happened with Devontae Adams. Well, go, not Golden State. I'm sorry, Green Bay. You don't want to pay them? Uh, Las Vegas said, we'll pay them. Come on, come on over here. Absolutely, we'll pay you. So they go to the highest bidder, 
And the reason why they go to the highest bidder is because wide receivers are in demand and we're in a passing league now. We're not in a running league anymore, right? We're in a passing league. That's why they are in such a high demand. The arrogance of general managers in the NFL oh, man. is, I don't say it's at an all-time high, but it's probably at an all-time high. And the reason it's at an all-time high is because we're seeing so many players at every position, whether it's quarterback, running back, wide receiver, come into this league on the defensive end and just be great, right? Mm -hmm. Justin Herbert comes into the league. He's great. Joe Burrow comes into the league. In year two, he goes to the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, in his second season, first year as a starter, he starts a run of four straight AFC championship games, two Super Bowls, and, and a Super Bowl win. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamar Chase Justin Jefferson like the list goes on and on and on about these guys that just come into the league and are great so now I'm looking at the barrel of you know Tariq Hill and however much money he wants 50 million dollars whatever it happens to be and I'm like you know is there another super fast kind of steal I can find in the draft maybe I can't replace Devontae Adams because, you know, he's probably the best wide receiver in the league. But I got Aaron Rodgers. I feel like he can make everybody's game step up a little bit. So I might not get one Devontae Adams, but I might get two that maybe can do some of the things that he does. I don't know what happened in Baltimore. I just Maybe they're just going to run the ball. Maybe Lamar Jackson is going to throw the ball and catch it himself. I don't know. Uh, Mark <laughs> Andrews is tight end. Uh, I don't know. But I think there's this arrogance from these guys that are like i'm not going to pay this guy because i can get another one on the cheap and then the other teams to your point are like hey we've tried to get a guy on the cheap right if you look at the teams if you look at the teams that they went to right the raiders well we know what happened with their wide receivers last season so they're like hey maybe maybe we're not so good at drafting let's let's and we've seen success with college teammates you know coming together with their coming together so let's reunite yeah let's reunite Carr and and adams together because we saw what happened with burrow and and chase gotta get it right in the draft you have to miami hasn't had since what mark duper (laughs) hasn't had a wide receiver that they drafted and they're like yeah who have they had Devontae parker maybe um so hey let's let's get let's get two of some weapons and see what Mm -hmm. we got here and i guarantee you if Tua doesn't have a big year he's gone too if he doesn't have a big year he's gone too and so I think those guys are like, hey, you know what? We can't do it ourselves, so we're going to pay the big money. And so you're seeing those two kind of dynamics coming together where it's like, hey, I, I think I can do it with, with a draftee. Oh, I, I know that I can't, so let me let me get the big name guy. I also want to sell tickets, let's be honest. right? The Raiders want to sell tickets. Miami wants to sell tickets. Arizona is the other one. Um, now, especially with DeAndre Hopkins being suspended. Um, you know, I, I get it. So that's that's if my if the question is why are they on the move? That's why they're on the move. It's to all the stuff Jay, Jay just said and and the ignorance or arrogance, not ignorance, arrogance of some GMs that think I don't need you. You're a commodity. I can find another one. Just you're not going to replace. I'm telling you right now. Kansas City's going to miss Tree Kill. Green well, Bay is. They don't think so. Yeah, they, I know they don't think. Green Kansas Bay is going to miss. Not only Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is going to miss Devontae Adams. Oh, absolutely. That's why that's why Kansas City did what they did, Tom, with when, when, with Miami. Okay, I'll take this pick. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'll take this pick. I think I'll take this one also. I'll take that one too. And the reason why they did that, because they're looking at Tyreek Hill thinking, oh, we can replace him. We got him in the draft. So we could do it again. It's not as simple as you think. Mm-mm. 
speaking of not being that simple, mm -hmm. this is a long question. So I'll just, I'll read it <clears throat> and I'll give you a second to uh, digest it. Mm -hmm. Why is divorce so common these days? Is it a trend or is it that people no longer care about marriage? Or is it that tolerance has been thrown out the window? Well, one of the things that I've recognized about our society is we're very much a microwave society. Everything is right now. No matter what it is, everything is right now. There is no building anything. So when you talk about a marriage, well, we build up to marriage. Marriage isn't something that you do because it's the next thing to do or, or it's cool. No, I don't plan to hang out with you as my wife for a couple of years to see how this goes. No. I'm, I'm, I have a life, you're, you're my life partner. You know, we're in a partnership as, or marriage. So with that being said, we're going to be, we're going to be with each other when it's going great. We're going to be with each other when I can't stand you. We're going to work this thing out. There is no commitment to work it out. And the reason why there's no commitment to work it out is because where we are in society today, it's just easy to leave. Now, nobody's saying that you should be held hostage in a bad relationship where, you know, somebody's beating on you or somebody's cheating, something like that. But, you know, when you get involved with a woman, if she's somebody that you want to be involved with long term, as opposed to, you know, this works right now and I'll see where we'll go in another year or two years. I just think that we make it so easy to get out. And that's why the commitment isn't there. I go back to before you get married and I look, I, you know, I talk to people, I mentor um, people and I ask them questions. That's kind of part of the mentoring process is I want to find out where your head's at. Mm -hmm. And I hear stuff like, well, you know, she's been with me or he's been, we've been together from, from both sides. Well, we've been together this long. So it's just the next, it's the next logical step. And I always think in my head, well, are you even happy? Is it like, right. what is it about this? Because to be together forever, it's easy to love the things that you love, right? It's easy to love the good things, mm -hmm. but it's, do you love, do you like, can you stand the bad things? Because mm -hmm. if you can't, like, if you're having an issue now, it's not going to get easier. You know, oh, we're, well, we're pregnant and, you know, we feel like we were having a baby, so we, we need to get married. I'm not saying... You shouldn't, but at the same time, that's not a reason to get married. So no, I, I feel like a lot of the things that the reason that a lot of them don't work out is because you're getting into it under, you know, for the wrong reasons. So if you get into something for the wrong reasons, if you get into a relationship, I always, there's this old saying, the way you get into a relationship is the way you get out of a relationship. Yeah. So, you know, if you were, if you were the side chick, you're probably going to break up because he has another side chick. Like that's just mm -hmm. the odds. And so I think the reason people get into a marriage is, is faltered. It's too quick sometimes, or it's, or it's because we've just been together so long and we just right. ignore the, 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 the red flags. And so when you get into something bad, it's going to end bad. There's so much that goes into this because on top of that, I look at, and I'm not, again, when I say this, I'm not putting it down. I'm just, it, it is a reason. Everybody wants to be independent. Guys want to be like, I, just, I would just want to be my own dude. I want to go out with my boys and I want to have freedom. 
Well, part of being married is losing some of those freedoms. I'm not saying all of them. I'm not saying you can't go out, but I mean, you're now responsible for another person. And if you have a family, you're responsible for other people. And so your wants, your needs, your self, your entitlement has to be compromised because now there's other people involved. And I think yeah. people don't want to do that. From the female side, it's, well, I'm misindependent. I want to, you know, I want a guy who's going to open doors and, you know, bring home the bacon and, you know, do all this stuff that traditionally was the male role. But at the same time, I want to do all this other stuff too. And I'm not saying it's wrong, but if, if you're going to want to be misindependent, well, then you better find a guy who's okay with that because that's where the other thing happens is I want to be misindependent, but I'm a marry an old school traditional guy. That doesn't work because no, he's going to want you to stay at home and do whatever. You know, so you need to find someone who, who lifts you up. And I don't think there's enough of that. Lastly, I, listen, I'm not, I'm going to sound like such an old fuddy duddy when I say this, but social, <laughs> social media yes. gives you an unrealistic view of life, of looks, mm-hmm. of relationships, and it gives you way too many options. Because think about how a lot of people are meeting. They're meeting on dating sites. Well, mm-hmm. ask the average woman, how many messages does you, do you get daily on that sure. dating site? Sure you know, 157 a minute. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, so how'd you pick this one? Well, I picked this one. Well, what's happening? They don't just turn it off. Because trust me, I know this for a fact. They don't just turn it off. They're like, okay, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm dating Paul. And it's the other way around too. Don't mm-hmm. Paul's dating Mary or Paul's dating Paul and Mary's dating Mary. Like whatever the scenario is. And it's like, well, as I'm going through the initial stages, I got these other guys chirping in my ear and other girls chirping in my ear saying, uh, he's not right for you because man, well, maybe not. Oh man, you know what? You left your dirty socks on the floor. Hey, I would never do that. <laughs> my, I hate when my husband leaves his dirty, you know, his dirty socks on the floor. Then they get a hundred messages. I'd never leave my dirty socks on the floor. Not only that, I would take you on a cruise and a ship and a half of it's fake. And so now there's this distraction of, oh, well, hold on, right? I know this for a fact because I know a guy. I know a guy that I tr- I worked with, like I, tr- I was trying to help him through something. You know, I try to deal with people that have mental health. Anyways, different conversation for another time. And so he, I said, well, what kind of girl are you looking for? And he listed out like 20 things, all physical. All physical, not one, not one thing personality, all physical. And I said, without like in my head, I didn't say that I said it differently and nicer to him, but in my head, I'm like, you're not a good looking dude. Like you're short, you're balding. Like you're not that guy. <laughs> and you want this Photoshopped supermodel no. who is going to make millions of dollars and serve you hand and foot. That's not, that's unrealistic. It's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, you're in my, again, I'm like, you're never getting married. <laughs> like, no. This is not going to happen. So I think that's, that's all of those things that, you know, when you ask the question, like, is it this, is it this, is it this? And I just want to pull up the question again, so I don't miss any of the the actual pieces that you're asking, but, but the, the people don't care about marriage anymore. No. Cause they realize, let's be honest, marriage is a, it's a business arrangement. It's a piece of paper. You don't need to get married to be together. Right. So it's a business arrangement. Um, what else did you ask? Is it a trend? Um, I think it is. Yeah, it is, a, it is a trend. And is it tolerance? It's 100% tolerance because you're taught now that if something's not working, quit and go do something else. Yep. And then, you know, but then you see some, I, this is a, a great example. Dwayne Wade and Gabby Union. Mm-hmm. 99%. Who I, 
I love them, by the way, Tom. Let's make sure. I, I, I love them, by the way. Absolutely. Um, 99% of marriages end if, if, if someone cheats. And these two came out of it stronger. Why did they come out of it stronger? They're not superheroes. It's not the money. People say, oh, it's because they're rich. No, it's because they looked at the reasons. Why did it happen? Did it, you know, all these other things. And they worked at it. Marriage, relationships, li- life, hard, hard, man, hard. And if you just, and if, if you're not putting in the work, it's not going to work. Right. Like, and, and I think that's, that's the other reason too, is just, why do, why do I need this? I'm better off alone. I hear that so often. I'm better off alone. And that's okay. And that, no, no, it's okay. Some people are, it's okay. You it's, but know that like, you know, if you don't know who you are, so I, sorry, I rambled on a lot there, but it's, it's just something that I see so often that I think can be avoided. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't talk. We don't talk. Like I, I know people who they get into an argument and they don't actually speak face to face. They like to get, like go off there and then they're they're having a text battle. I'm like, dude, this is terrible. Oh, we just use it. That makes me nuts, Tom. You were just standing right in yeah. front of me. Why didn't you say this when you stand right in front of me? And, and, you, know, and you know this. I, I, I've been, I'm guilty of this too. People read my emails or my text message and they're like, you're such a jerk. I'm like, no, that's not how I meant it. It's just when, <laughs> when you read it, you read it in your tone of voice, right? Mm. It could be like, you know, have a great day. And I just, and I said, like, hey, have a great day. And you took it as, have a great day. Oh, why are you such a jerk? No, it's not. No, it's I not really meant have, have a great day. Not so, have a great day. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, no, you, no. you read it however you want to read it, and then it's a completely <sighs> different message. So, <laughs> so thanks for the question. I, I hope that it helped kind of, you know, mm. but yeah, it's it's tough, man. The, the, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's tough. I don't there's, there's no other ex- explanation but say it's tough. And if you want to make it work, you got to work at it i guess it's just like anything else yeah like you know we talk about sports you want to be a good shooter you're not you gonna be go a good shoot. shooter if you just stop shooting yeah you gotta go work on it i go work on it you gotta, you gotta work right. on it absolutely so i don't know this is wednesday um we're gonna see about friday's show i'll be honest mm-hmm. i can't guarantee we're gonna have a friday show i might put together a best of for friday mm-hmm. stay tuned next week we're gonna be live we'll be together mm-hmm. uh in tampa um, which is, is, you know, I'm trying to, I don't want to make any promises. I don't want to make a promise. Just tune in next week. Tune in next week. We're going to be live, me and Jay together in Tampa. We're going to have, we're going to have some good topics. Um, this will be fun. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. And, and, and I'll be honest from people who saw, if anyone was checking out my TikToks yesterday, I was getting a lot of questions because they saw me. I had like this, uh, vest on big sweater underneath the hoodie and they're like where are you i'm like it's was really my son started tennis he does basketball tennis taekwondo like he does a bunch of stuff and so he started tennis last night and it's supposed to be may (laughs) so it's supposed to be warm it was cold it was (laughs) it was like sun was not out and so i'm sitting there and i got you know he's doing it for an hour so i'm sitting there on the park bench it's outside it's not inside sitting on a park bench i'm all bundled up i'm doing some you know doing some posts doing some content replying to i try to reply for everybody i, I know you do too i try to apply to as many of the comments that aren't from trolls as many of the comments as i can in a in a video i really like because that's great content right you're asking a question i want to answer the question mm-hmm. and so the, and but then the 
the rebuttals was like, where are you? Why does it look so cold, bro? I'm like, because it's it was cold yesterday. So I'm very much looking forward to coming down to Florida mm-hmm. and getting some warmth. And then the last, 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 last thing I'll say, and then I'll let, let you take it away, Jay, is Dem Ones, the newest comedy. Uh, we've, we're wrapping up on May 15th. So don't forget mm-hmm. to check out Dem Ones. You've probably seen some clips of me running away have you seen that clip by the way i have not i got it to, i've got <laughs> I'll, i want to share it with you so the scene is i own i run this um shady music streaming service okay oh. so in canada there's a music company called much music mine is called mooch music <laughs> and so we steal music from other streaming services and sell it to people for a fraction of the mm-hmm. price and i always say it's not illegal it's illegal there's a difference and uh my business gets raided. So the clip that you see, because you can't hear my voice, you only see the video, is, is my secretary comes up and says, hey, there's the uh, police are banging at the door. It's you know, we're being raided. So I look oh. to my so I look to my staff and I go, everybody stay calm. It's a raid. <laughs> and I push her out of the way. I throw my cup and I bolt out, out of the building because I need to get away, right? Um, and so that's the, so people, cause people were asking me, they're like, what is that clip? I see you like throw a coffee mug. You're doing this. We can't hear your voice. You go like this, you throw your cup, you push your secretary and you run. Oh, that's what, that's why <laughs> And that's not even the fun. And that's not even the funniest scene. So, um, check out them ones when you have a chance, mm-hmm. but, uh, until, I don't know, Friday, we'll do, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out. we got to do a show for Friday. So until then, take it light. But take it. It's the only thing we understand. I'ma stand till on Jersey in the stands. I'ma hit yeah, you on the slide. I don't never slip.